0: What is a Christian? What are the requirements of being a Christian? Or how would you define being a Christian? Because there are some who think that we as Catholics are not Christians, or some will claim themselves to be Christian, and yet almost never, if not never, darken the doors of any church community. Is baptism enough to be considered a Christian? What is a Christian? Fun fact, the first Christians were not called Christians. At the beginning, after Jesus' death and resurrection, the ones who were the disciples of Christ were called people of the way. Because all they were, they were Jews who believed that Christ was the Messiah. And so they were considered the people of the way. If you go through the Acts of the Apostles, There we hear that in Antioch this was the first time and place that the people of the way were called Christians. But here's what's weird about that. Disciples was not an odd concept. Jewish people picked a rabbi to follow and they became his disciple. And so it was a normal thing in their culture to become a disciple of a rabbi. What's weird is that these christian disciples these christians were disciples of in their view a dead guy that they continued to be disciples of somebody who was no longer living and walking this earth but they were followers of jesus today in the gospel we hear john's account of the calling of the first disciples but because i'm kind of a bible nerd i have to be i'm a priest When you look at the four different Gospels and the calling of the disciples, there's differences. So if you go to the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark, it almost seems like it comes out of nowhere. Jesus walks by, he sees Andrew and Peter fishing, he says, follow me, I will make you fishers of men, and they drop their nets and they follow him. And that's how they're called. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law first. And then in the following days, he goes out and he gets Peter to go out onto the water again for this miraculous catch of fish. And then Peter comes before Jesus saying, Lord, I am a sinful man, get away from me. And Jesus tells him, I will make you a fisher of men. And then they choose to follow him. There's no explicit call to come follow me. And then we have in John, one that is even more different than the other two. That Jesus is walking by John the Baptist. And in John's account, Andrew and this other disciple, which in our tradition is John, are disciples of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist points out to Andrew and John, this is the Lamb of God. And so they trust his direction, and they start following Jesus, and when Jesus gets a little creeped out, the two guys are following him for a little while, he stops and says, what are you looking for? And they say, Lord, where are you staying? And he says, come and see. What do we learn about that call of the first disciples in the Gospel of John, with how unique it is shaped, and what it tells us about being disciples, followers of Jesus, Christians? Well, the first is that Andrew and John don't find Jesus on their own. John the Baptist points them in the direction of Jesus. This is the Lamb of God. This is what you're looking for. And so it's the trust that they have in John the Baptist that leads them to come and find Jesus. We don't find Jesus on our own. We don't go out in the wilderness looking And find him. We are led there by others who have come to know him before us. And then when they start to follow Jesus, I think the question is significant. He doesn't say, Who are you looking for? He says, What are you looking for? Jesus is offering them the fulfillment of their desires and of their deepest questions. He's trying to give them an answer to what they're looking for not just a who, they're not just looking for a person, they're asking for what the answers are to the deepest longings and questions of their soul. That's part of what it is to follow Jesus, is that we claim that he has the answers for the most profound human questions in our soul. And then his answer to Andrew and John is to come and see. That to follow him means to remain with him. It's not to come and glean, take whatever knowledge he's going to give them and then run off and go do their own thing. It's come and see. And John tells us they come and they stay with him. This is this idea of discipleship, of being a Christian that's given given to us in the Gospel of John. But we have a problem. Because sometimes as a priest, conversations come up with people and it almost feels like they have to defend themselves, their Christianity to the priest. And so lines that I will hear often is, well, I got all my sacraments or I did all my sacraments. Okay, good start. Or I went to mass growing up. Okay, good start. But does that make us a Christian? Does doing these things make me a Christian? Or is there more to it? In the 2021 census in Canada, there are still 10.8 million Canadians who consider themselves Catholic. But only about 15 to 25%, depending on which part of the country you're in, of those 10.8 million, practice the faith in any sort of way. And the definition of practicing the faith is attending Mass once a month. Out of that 10.8 million, only that many practice the faith in any way. So what is a Christian? If I claim to be a Christian, does that make me a Christian? I'm not claiming to have that answer. But I don't fault them. It's as much our fault as it is their fault for not coming. Because if we just make the faith about showing up to Mass and about getting the sacraments, then is that what Jesus was asking for in the Christian life? Was that what he was offering? Or is there more that we should be looking for? In pursuit of the Christian life, there's different stages. And each one of us is at different, a different point in that stage. But there's some who've kind of, narrowed it down and kind of defined what some of those stages are. So the first is trust. Is the church trustworthy? So for those who struggle to come to mass in any sort of way or be part of any Christian community, can they trust the church? Or can they trust Christians? Have they had some experience in their life which makes them doubt the ability to trust the church or to trust other Christians, that's keeping them from coming? Who's going to be their John the Baptist that tells them, no, here is the Lamb of God. Here is where you can find the Jesus that you're looking for. Next stage from that is curiosity. That if I can take that step into trusting enough that here is where I will find Jesus, there's curiosity. And so maybe that curiosity comes from just, I enjoy the music that we have when we gather at Mass. Or maybe I like the preaching. Or I like hearing the scripture read to me and what it's speaking to me and how it kind of stirs my heart a little bit. Or maybe I like the ritual and the prayers of the church and how that helps move and guide my life. But if it just stays a curiosity, the question can be from Sunday to Sunday, do I pray? Or as my curiosity draws me back to mass again and again, but in between when I'm not here, my curiosity just stays there and it doesn't have any influence or impact on the rest of my life. But if you allow that curiosity to lead you into openness, now my openness says I can acknowledge that whatever stirs my heart means there's growth needed there or change. And I'm willing to make a change that I recognize that in my Christian life, the pursuit of holiness is worthwhile, that I can start to think about letting go of some things that I thought were important for the sake of something that's more important, that I can start to trust that Jesus does, in fact, fulfill the desires of my heart, that he has the answers to the deepest questions that I have. But if it stays there, then the temptation is that my Christian life just becomes about my self-improvement, growing in virtue, because the last stage is needed, which is to be a Christian, is to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus. Which means I'm not following an idea or a way of doing things, I'm following a person. And coming to know that person and to follow him And to come to know what he is asking of me in my life is the final stage of discipleship, of being a Christian. Just like Samuel had to come to know God's voice and to distinguish between Eli, his master, and God's voice. We too in our life have to learn how to distinguish between what is our voice, what is the voice of the world, and what is God's voice in our life. What is a Christian? I think in one way of looking at it, when we are baptized, we are a Christian. But then another way of looking at it, every one of us here is not yet a Christian. It's kind of an already, but a not yet. I am a Christian by virtue of the fact that God has given me the gift of his spirit through that gift of baptism. And that can never be taken away from me, no matter what I say or what I do. God desires that for me. I am a son or daughter of God. However, that's not enough. Jesus in the gospel tells us, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven because what he desires are disciples, those willing to follow him, those willing to trust him, allowing their curiosity to transform into openness to what that might be asking of them in their life and to be willing to follow him wherever he goes. And so every one of us here has the space to grow in that discipleship, in being that follower. So in whatever kind of stage, if you want, which is way too boundary-ridden of a word, but wherever we are, we're looking to Jesus. Remembering that in the gospel today, we're reminded that we don't find him on our own, John the Baptist points them in the right direction. And then we remember that in Christ, we find what we are looking for. And in order to find what we are looking for, we have to come and seek.